that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great Hey there, Paisani! Welcome back to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. I'm your host, John Viola. We are coming to you once again live and uncut, this time from Ralph's Pizzeria in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Did I say that correctly? Every time I go to eat, he has to <laughs> He's got a, a slice of pizza. I had a stop. Pizza. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, uh, this is where we are, correct? I got it right, right? Yeah. We've never done live. Not a pizza. In anyone's yet. restaurant. No, we did once in uh, Frost, Bonanima Frost, before it closed many years ago. Did we really? Yes. That was like the maiden voyage. In the history, when we do in the history. That's like the Titanic, and now yeah. they're under. I know. I missed. That's my favorite restaurant, gone. Yes, that is true. Another that's one bites favorite. the dust. That's another one I bites know. the dust. As one of our guests today, Louis Nicastro, says it's the great extinction. Yes. It, well, let's let's first of all, we've can kept, I eat my pizza? Now? You can eat your pizza. Can I put the microphone down? Yes, you can. I guarantee yeah. you, I have witnesses. The minute I go to take another bite, go ahead. I'll give you're going to ask me a question. I should, shouldn't I? I but I, I, I'm going to rely on you a lot tonight because my voice from the Jets game. You've got all is these gone. people here. What do you I need know. me for? But you know, you're the you're the co-host. You know what I mean? You, you yeah, occasionally you're the authority on the on what on pizza in New Jersey. <laughs> on pizza in New Jersey. Yes, no, actually, as I introduced two of our return visitors, and I don't want to call them guests. They're they're hosts today. Uh, one is actually the authority on food here in New Jersey. Anthony Shilia, Tony Manja, you've heard him on the show before. He's our great friend and uh, somebody I've wanted to cycle through as an honorary co-host a bunch of times. So Anthony and I spent the weekend together in Detroit's Italian community. So welcome back. Thank you very much, John. I hope you uh, have recovered better than I have from being away. And I'm, I've tr- I'm trying. I'm yeah. trying. I'm getting there. It was a productive weekend. We had another mini IFL, but uh, exhausting. Very exhausting. Yeah. And a lot of eating. We did a lot of eating. We ate our way through Detroit, which I loved. And I follow him anywhere to restaurants. This guy's the gourmand of our group, so it was uh, well worth it. And you may recall another one of our returning voices, Louis Castro, was on uh, only a couple months ago, really, right? Oh, yeah, when Napoli won. Yeah, not that long ago. It was uh, pretty recently. And Louis uh, is instrumental in the reason we're all together today. You know, we've been trying to do more of these shows on the occasions that we're together hanging out and getting to do really interesting Italian-American stuff. And this one is a great cause because today was the sort of rededication of the bocce courts right out here in East Rutherford, right? Absolutely. You know, today's the first time I think a game's been played there in years. Is that right? I would say so, yeah. Uh, we just recently got done with the construction a couple weeks back, um, but that court was scheduled to be demolished. Wow. Yeah, I was brought to my attention by our friend here, Tony Manja. He was the one that posted about it on Facebook. And I knew we had to do something. So now we've got a couple of guests coming on the mic. I don't know if you want to introduce them. You want to introduce them. We've got some ladies here with us who are instrumental in getting this thing back on track. You want to make the introductions? Sure. Uh, we have here Christina and Danielle. Hello, I'm Danielle Garardi. Hi, and I'm Christina Latino. And uh, both of them have been instrumental in getting young Italian-Americans to learn about the sport of bocce and to help rebuild this court for future generations. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm gonna get, we're going to dig into your story and your leadership on that in a little bit. But uh, first and foremost, it was a great night. Pat, who is the – I saw the Unico flag. Here we flag. go. Well, Pete, you right? finished the Pete. No, put, I have the, the microphone. Line. Okay, pause for the no, cross for a second. Right. Uh, Unico flag, Nayaf, your brother's why, here. Why Nayaf. are we here? Why, yeah. why, what is the cauldron that we throw in? That The big menace that we're making here is that one of our themes has been that – in a culture of doom and gloom, we're not a positive people. There are many bright lights on the horizon who are young, who are under 30 or in their early 30s. 
who are our future. That's what IAFL was all about. That's yeah. why you were there that weekend, right? Yeah. So what happened was, Louis and Danielle and, and their cohorts or their followers or your disciples, which is Elmwood Park Unico. Mm -hmm. Do you mind if I ask how old you are? 31. And you are? 29. 31 and 29, the future. As uh, the Unico chapter, now there's some parts of the country that doesn't know what Unico is. It's the largest Italian-American service organization. Somebody who was 31 and 29, who last year were 30 and 28, saw that in East Rutherford, East Rutherford had a really nice public bocce court that nobody was using. People were using sometimes to urinate when they came out of a bar mm -hmm. or to sleep in it and all kinds of other stuff. It's in a very nice area, but it was not being utilized. And they went to East Rutherford, and correct me if I'm wrong, and you said, we want to fix the bot. Now, you're from Elmwood Park, your Unico chapter, but you guys, you have members from many different places. And you, the young people, quote-unquote, stood up and said to East Rutherford, which has a very high Italian-American population, we want to save this bocce court. That's absolutely correct. Um, you're right. We, we are from Elmwood Park, Unico. East Rutherford doesn't have a Unico chapter, but it falls within our district, New Jersey District 7. Um, so as custodians of Italian America within our district, we stepped up, uh, we went and reached out to their public works chairperson who uh, met with me at the park, was gracious enough to meet with me, and was reminiscing about his father playing bocce in the backyard. They built him a court when he was too old to go to the public park. And I said, look, we got the manpower. If you give us the permission, we'll come in here. We'll help you clean this up. That's awesome. It's been here a long time then, the park. It has been. Before the park was there, it was a bar. Wow. But I'm not sure when. I knew that bar, yeah. Park City? It was Park City. Yeah, it was. Well, I'm eating my pizza. <laughs> well, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but you knew the bar. See, John is very disciplined. John wouldn't have the pizza in the middle, so <laughs> that's what I'm waiting. Yeah, that was a fun bar. Yeah. See, where the bocce court is now, that was the narrow part. But where the parking lot is, it went all the way back. That was a big bar. My friend Mario, who's here with me today, we had many happy memories there. Yeah. It's and days gone by. But if a bar of your wonder years has to die... What better Phoenix to be resurrected as than a bocce court? <laughs> you got a lot more of your life where you're going to be playing bocce in a very casual, slow way than going out to a wild bar, that's for sure. I'm in East Rutherford for, other than coming here for games, right? Because I guess this is the territory in which the Meadowlands is. So the horse racing track here in New Jersey, um, obviously the MetLife Stadium, the home of the Giants and the Jets, uh, one or two WrestleManias, as I recall. So the great sports complex, I've been out here for that, but... This is the second time in my life I've been to East Rutherford, the town, and it's, I was here last night because before the Jets game, I asked Tony, uh, my dad and I wanted to come early and meet my brother and have a little red sauce, and I said, Tony, you know, everything's closed on Monday, so he sent me to a great place. It's called New Park Tavern, correct? Correct, yes, yeah. that's it. We had a great time. That was a great Been around for close to 100 years, too, it's a, so it has some history here in East Rutherford, uh, opened by the Italiano family, and it was actually a tavern, it was a tavern and inn many, wow. many moons ago. And today it's just a, a bar and a restaurant, but making some good thin crust pizzas. Yeah, they had like a really good bar pie. And I, I, I noticed when I pulled in, you know, if there's a red sauce joint, you know somebody was here, right? If it's a 100-year-old Italian restaurant, we didn't start it in a neighborhood where we weren't nearby. There's a lot of businesses around here that are Italian. There's the importer from Bumbonietta. There's a two or three cafes. This is a very... How many Bumbonietta stores are on your main street? None. No, I mean, nobody left. Yes, they have an actual Bumbonietta full-time. And a big one. married or christening. Yeah, it's a, a big, big one. one. Yeah. It is. They, they, I went in to look. They were shipping out boxes, tons of boxes, all beautifully wrapped and stuff. I mean, it's... They used to have a bakery here. Yeah, um, that was fun. they were from oh, the Park Park Avenue Bakery. Yeah, wasn't it? Park Avenue Bakery. They bread only bread, only a real a old school bakery. They made cook with well, the cookies. I think they used to get from Brooklyn. 
But they were from Altamura, Altamura di Bari. Oh, that makes sense because that's they're famous for their yeah, bread. Famous for bread, Cafe Roma's here, right? Oh, Anthony, you practically live there. <laughs> that's my that's my spot, Is Cafe that the Roma. Kumad? If you get divorced, it's because of Cafe Roma, right? <laughs> your wife says you're with Cafe Roma more than you're with me. Uh, every day, I, that's where I go after work. That's my decompression and if time. And Cafe Roma, who's a, a, a podcast listener supporter, if they were not in Sicily on vacation. We right? would be there. We would be there. Yes. But we're here in Ralph's. Now, you hear background noise. And it's a lot like of it. A wise, yeah. And I love this background noise. It's like being in a church with crying babies. Yes. Because we're surrounded by young people. Because Christina Latino, who's here, brought the kids from the Culture Institute, the Italian-American footprint at Montclair State University. She brought the kids to play on the bocce court. So we have a contingent of people, about 29, 31, they go to East Rutherford, correct me if I'm wrong. The town gets behind them. But if I'm right, didn't the town say you had to do a little bit of demolition before they were going to put the money up? Oh, yes. We uh, helped remove. There was a lot of dry-rotted wood lining the walls of the court itself. So we came down. It was a very hot October day last October with crowbars and sledgehammers and, and saws and went to work sweating out there. So your crew, your Unicans, mm-hmm. went down there, and I did a drive-by. I had an event that day, but I remember I did do a drive-by. You guys did the demolition on the property and you know i was saying to john earlier my inkling is and maybe i'm wrong but the municipality probably wanted to see if you were serious before they put the money in because if i'm correct they had other plans they were going to tear down the bocce court and just make it a little park correct that's right they wanted to put up some more picnic tables uh maybe some more seating so once the municipality saw that you guys came down and tore down the the rubble or whatever you want to call what had to be the demolition job was done by you guys then they came and redid the courts because you showed them that you were serious and you were here to stay. Yeah, I do have to give a shout out to the public workers who tore down. There was a ramp with a retaining wall that a lot of people were urinating behind and, and tagging up with graffiti. They came in and they destroyed and they put um, that nice fencing you saw today, that silver fencing. They were working on that while we were working on the court itself. And then Christina comes and brings an army of college students to play bocce. So Christina, are you a college student? Yes, I'm currently studying for my MBA at Montclair State University. And uh, how are you engaged with the Coach Institute? So I've been working at the Coach Institute for the past five years. I started as an intern there, and I worked my way up. Now I'm currently the program associate, and I work alongside our director, Mark Rotella, in creating programming initiatives to help um, engage students with their Italian heritage. That's really wonderful. And the Coach Institute at Montclair State, Pat, you were a board. I was on. I was. I knew Joe Coach. I did, knew right? Joe and Elga. Sure. How, I was on Joe's board many, many moons ago. I would. Yeah, many moons. We'll just put it out many moons ago. <laughs> How old is the institute? That's a complicated. That's a whole other episode because Joe was instrumental with the Tang Studies chairs when he was in Unico. So he was really a pioneer with that, and he went from that to endowing. The Institute, the Culture Institute for the Italian-American Experience at Montclair State University. Really, that, that it's, it's an episode that, that's worthy of its own, yeah, sure. its own episode because um, Joe made a lot of money in life, and he was very generous with a lot of money in life, and he was very philanthropic with Italian-American young people. So Joe wanted to help keep Italian-American kids in college to... Because that's such a critical age, yeah. right? And he wanted to water the seeds of their Italianness. Yeah. And um, that's why he was so gung-ho about studies chairs on college campuses, about the Institute at Montclair State, 
And Joe kind of went like a Johnny Appleseed around college. I mean, he was in his 70s at the time, his late 70s at the time. He went around college campuses. He used to call them the Amici Clubs. That was the name that he picked for them. But he tried to form an, a confederation of Italian college clubs around New Jersey and the New York metro area. And, you know, the seeds he planted, again, it's all about planting seeds. Hear all that noise? I'm, I'm telling you, it's like babies in church. These are all kids 19, 20 years old who came here, played bocce. I don't know if they played all the time. They've ever played it before in their lives, but they all experienced it. We all went out for pizza afterward. That's why we're in Ralph's Pizza, and you hear the noise in the background. But it's the fruit that came from the seeds that Joe planted 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, and, you know, sometimes you don't live to see, what they say in Italy, you plant an olive tree for your grandchildren? Yes. And these are the olive trees of Joe. That is amazing. You know, we were in Detroit this weekend for the IFL, and uh, I think, Tony, correct me if I'm wrong, we were talking to a couple of groups. There was a few representatives, younger people, representing groups that are, you know, 100-plus years old in Detroit. And uh, one of them was saying that they've had a lot of success, the Livonia Club in Livonia, Michigan. They've had a great success growing the young population in their club and one of the things that's been really successful is their bocce tournament they had like about 40 teams or something compete and i've seen this in a lot of places bocce seems to me to be a one of those traditions that is on the rise again you know it's a gateway tradition it's a gateway tradition very well said that's yeah. did you coin that i just i just just now I put <laughs> it just <laughs> brilliant. As, as we sit here gateway tradition mark it on the wall at ralph's <laughs> wow Ah, you see, I, I, I could come up with some no, good ones now, no, now you know and then. Because uh, some Italian-American academic is going to steal that <laughs> and say that they came up with it. They're going to write a paper on That's it. That's right. John and I know who it is. We're not going to call any names. So there's a few people out there. One sus some suspects. They'll be the next publication. The usual suspects. Italian-American yeah, yeah, gateway tradition. Yeah, right. But it's true, though. You know, like I, I notice now when we travel around with younger people, you know, I've been doing this professionally for 20 years. You've been doing it for longer. And... I know the volume, I, you know, you, I, I can't point to an academic paper that tells me, but I know the volume of conversation when people say like, oh, you know, we're going to a club, a party to jar tomatoes. Uh, mm. How many institutions are doing it? So you, people who don't do it with their family are doing it in parties. And bocce seems to me, you know, I'm sure most people don't have courts in their yards anymore, but if you can come together and do it for something like this or as a tournament or as a club event, yeah, it's a gateway. It's I think, I think so, so is jarring sauce. That's yeah. a gateway tradition as well. I really do. I feel because like that's now, really increased. I think TikTok has helped to explode that whole um, aspect of the uh, canning and the jarring of tomatoes. Something that everybody did in their, in their backyard, but now even non-Italians are doing it. Yeah. Is that Which, right? I mean, you, you, see, you see it all over TikTok, I'm, I'm sure. I, I've, I've logged on to TikTok once. I think we have a TikTok <laughs> for the you podcast. Know, well, maybe we Instagram have, or whatever. Yeah. We have a standing invitation at Mike Giordano's. He yeah. was going to move it for us. I, that is one of the great regrets of my life. If I die tomorrow, but that's my the deathbed point. regret will be I did not jar tomatoes with Mike Giordano. We got to do that. But that's the point. Like, I do it with my mother-in-law. We didn't do it this year. It's our off year. But Gina Biancardi is now doing it with the public class at Casa Belvedere. Whose idea a, was that? Was it yours? I Thank don't know. you. Okay. Uh, Gina, if you're listening. We were but, supposed to do it with the city of New York. That was the plan. Is that right? Because I wanted to bring the scientists in. Because mm. my thing is jar tomatoes just don't kill anybody. Yeah. No, no, you're very. That's why you don't make sausage in a group. Well, no, I'm very. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you, we yeah. don't want to kill anybody. Yeah, you don't want to poison people. But I, you're right, Tony. I, I noticed more on Instagram and stuff like that. I didn't think about that, but you could see where these things are becoming trends. And we talked about it on an episode last year or year before. I see so many trends on St. Joseph's Zeppelis now. You know, very few people I knew 
even if they were Italian, were going out and making sure they had Zeppelins or Sfinches. But now it's everywhere. Now it's like a... Do you think that's true? Because, I, I, you know, I, I like to lean negative. I think we did a show. I think yes, I we was, did together. Yeah, 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 we, yeah. yeah, we did it together. Well, COVID, I mean, people were making them at COVID because they were stuck in their houses and they couldn't go out to get them. What do you guys think in general? You think? Do you think these are gateway traditions? Do you think TikTok has a, an influence? I have a theory. I think that this is the Italian version of cornhole. Right, that game has exploded in popularity within the past 10 years when I think if you trace it back far enough, we invented the yard game, right, with bocce ball. Mm. And this is our version of it. That's an interesting point. I didn't think about that. What was that game we were playing in Easton? Quats? Quats? Quats. Quats. With the uh, slates? That, that, is a, that is a Rosetto game from what they've told me. That is, what that is it? Or, they ha I don't know. It's a game. It's like, uh, it looks like donuts. They're rubber they donut, rubber donuts on a on a stick connected to a piece of to slate. a slate. Is that an Italian thing? It's a Rosetto thing, but they they play it also in Easton, because that's the, the the slate the, belt. Yeah, that's the yeah. slate belt. That's interesting. I never heard of that. <laughs> until until a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, we, we were at the San pa the San, San Placido. Yes, the San Placido lamb roast. Right? With our friends at San Placido. My people. Your people. They are technically your people. They are. My second great-grandfather was born in Acosta de Lucio. Yes, that's yeah. true. And so. we had a great time. And they're, they're the ones, Angelo and, and Chris and Mario and all the guys there were the ones who showed us. They, and they said to us, how come you guys didn't see this in Rosetta? That was interesting. I don't know. That was interesting. Maybe we missed it. I mean, we were overloaded anyway. I mean, we, overloaded. we spent a lot of great time in Rosetta. But you can't see everything in two days. But, yeah, I think that's the, that's the theme, these gateway traditions. And, I mean, you guys tell us, you know, wh what is it that you find your generation is attracted to in these kind of things, especially like the Coach Institute? You know, what, what draws the most people? I think a lot of us are just, you know, at this point trying to find things that connect us back to our ancestors. You know, for me at least, like, my, my nonna was born in, so they make fun of me. I'm from the northern part of Italy. Um, You're my, the token my northerner. I was going to say that. I didn't want to wow. stir that pot. <laughs> you can. It's okay. Other You're the token northern Italian. We're going to have to keep you around as our token And look, we had to have Italian. her here to get something done. See, this is what happens. She's the one who got it done. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> so my, my nonna came to the United States from the northern part of Italy. And, you know, my nonna was here, her sister was born there, and it's, we went there last year and, and saw his town in Sumendena, and it was just such an incredible feeling to see the places where he grew up. So now having that connection, it's like, okay, what can I do more? And now, you know, being part of Unico, being part of the Italian apostolate, and being you know, with Eric and Pat and Tony and Lou, you know, just being with everyone, I think it's for me like just that further connection. I think starting to try to learn the language, um, seeing my cousin goes as much as she can, tries to you know continue and, and practice. Um, we don't do so from the northern part of Italy. We don't do the seven fishes on Christmas Eve, so we do. What like, do you do? That's a great question. You ask me a lot of questions about what we eat, I'm what a, we I do, am a what desserts we have. So, so for us, I didn't get I, any of it. So apparently, you're not making it. <laughs> I throw the hint, and you don't bite. But I'm telling you, I like to eat. You know. So, for us, a lot of the time we'll do like polenta. Um, that's, I'm you shocked. Know, <laughs> that's really. I, I grew up with a lot seven of seven days a week and probably twice on Sunday. Yeah, 
So, so my mom actually isn't the Italian one, um, but she tries to, my nonna passed away when I was younger and my nonna passed away before I was born. So we growing up, like the first three, four years, my cousins and I had my grandmother, my nonna to, to speak Italian to us. She only spoke Italian. So didn't really have much more than that. Um, and my mom and my aunts and my dad trying to keep those traditions alive. So we, we do polenta, we do chicken. They, they raised rabbits. So with the polenta, they had rabbits with the polenta. You know, I'll give you the rabbit polenta that you talk about northern Italy. When we were in Tonti Town, which, by the way, that episode's yes, coming out true. soon. They talked about that in Umido, right? That was their big thing. Yeah, they were yeah, growing up, true. the people, because they're from Varese in the north of Italy. And their big thing was polenta and rabbit. And sometimes squirrel and wild game because they were in the forest of northwest Arkansas. That was a big deal for them. And that, and that was a festival that they still do every year, this polenta festival. Yeah, and we promised to go and we didn't show. No, it's not yet. No, it's November. No. We didn't go last year. We didn't go last year. We're but going we'll, this we'll, year? We'll try to go this year. I would love to go for that. I, I'm not a big polenta guy, all due respect. But, you know, once in a blue moon. I do love it. You love it? I liked it baked. I like it baked too. Yeah, yeah. If I'm gonna have you it, put, I have you it mix baked. a little lard in it. Yeah, yeah. If I'm gonna have it, if, that's like more the southern way, though, right? That's how my yes, mom made it. my grandmother's people would put raisins, so they put raisins Ooh, in everything. I like raisins. I'm a raisin. Raisins and yeah. lard, and then bake it. Savory or sweet? Savory. They would you know what they would put on it. Um, my grandmother called like uh, cabbage a stufata. Yeah, stufata. Stufata, that's stufata right. cabbage, but that's my grandmother's all. Mm. Yeah, but, I, but the vitales put the sfionzolo on it and everything. We should have a polenta party that never happens, but we talk about on here. <laughs> we're going to have this. We're going to have part. that. Well, who, who did you have polenta with? Nick, Nick oh, Fidelian, right? You know what? That would be, this episode would be a travesty if I did not say that an other earthly experience, non-earthly, non-earth? No, otherworldly. Otherworldly experience I had in the up. house of Umberto Fidelli. Because they make the polenta and they cook, they cook the brokurab. So the brokurab kind of goes mushy. And the, the, the flavor of that, the flavored water, is what flavors the polenta. It was, um, it was outstanding. Where did they do it? I'm not going to mention. We had an, a, a cardinal. That is a God's honest truth. Yeah, you did. You had a cardinal. He was licking his lips. He had that. <laughs> it was that good. Broccoli rab polenta. Did, yes. did, did, somebody tells me, and I forget who. Maybe it was Tanti Town. They eat it on How a big wooden board. How is it we board. started out with bocce balls, and now this is like the same? We meander. I love, we meander. Uh, it's, but it's a very Italian meander. Now we go back <laughs> to, a, to food. Like, if you tuned in right now, you would think that this is a food-based episode. <laughs> That's absolutely true. And there's someone complaining about that. You know, <laughs> they're all true. over the place. Yeah. They have no organization. After all these years, I think if people minded that we meandered, they'd stop listening by now. That's my guess. They're, they're gone. Yeah, they're gone. Any, I mean, the people who complain about meandering, <laughs> if they're still stuck around. <laughs> then I mean, there's something wrong with them. They're they really want that upset with for punishment. Yeah, that's no. I am the meanderer. What do you make on Christmas Eve? You just said from? polenta. They make polenta on Christmas Eve, too? We get a double header, polenta for Christmas Eve, and then you have the leftovers Christmas Day? I, I don't know what they used to do on Christmas Day. Probably like a roast or something. Like a roast with... I don't know, potatoes. Well, that's your or homework. Go home, find out, and then report back to the podcast with yeah. samples. <laughs> the other thing that one time I had told you about so, when I went to Italy, we also had um, from my region, Casoncelli, which is almost like, think of like a cross between tortellini and a ravioli. In like a, we do a lot of brown butter, sage sauces. With that, I grew up with as well. Um, but the, the curacino inside. Oh, yeah. And my I, wife's family I, I makes the curacino. 
We're going to make it for you. Yeah, sure. I am. Yeah. I, I have to You're find You're going to go them. on the Dolores Island of the famous and infamous duck that will never be seen. Yeah, that's true. It's a little, well, How many years is that I'm supposed to get this duck? And they think it's five, a joke. Five, six years. People kind of, no, this is a true. The best is she calls you the day, listens, the day so that it's made. Know. Yeah, she calls me like, well, we're having it in 15 minutes. Can you come over now? <laughs> oh, shucks, you can't make That's it. That's a setup. I was talking about that. That's a very Italian thing. That's if you really Italian. don't want somebody coming, you give them the like last minute invite because you know they're not going to make that effort. But you, you can know. you be here in five minutes? Yeah. It's already. Yeah, but I know. I, you know I'm unfair though because she did she did invite me once. Let's clarify that I was booked. Yeah. But I didn't get a repeat invite, so it is what it is. You had your shot, Christina. What do you think about all these kids? Here? I mean, because the noise level is raising, which shows that they're having a good time. So they got to meet each other playing bocce, right on the on the courts. And now they're they're having pizza and soda, and it's a very kind of 1950s. Oh, yeah, because September is the beginning of the school year, right? Yeah. Yes. We just started back at the end of August, and I think it's absolutely beautiful because one of the things that struck me, once I finished my bachelor's, it was the end of Zoom classes. And that's when I returned to in-person courses, and there was just, campus was empty. There was an absence of student involvement on campus. Nobody was engaging with anything. And in particular, I saw that, stu that students of Italian-American heritage were just not involved at all. Reduction in language enrollment was down. Um, students weren't coming to events. Students weren't even stopping by the office anymore for coffee. And to me, that just struck a chord. And I said, we need to do something about this because that's not right. That, these aren't the students that I know. These aren't the Italian-Americans that I know that I've grown up with. This isn't my generation. So for me, seeing not only just Italian-American students come here, but also students of non-Italian descent come here, I think it's a sense of community that they really like that was lost during COVID. And it's just beautiful to see everybody come together once again over food, over bocce, over music and just enjoy themselves. Yeah, it's nothing like that. We talked about it a lot this weekend, the idea that, like, you know, so much of the community, our generation, way less, but, but older than us, gets fixated on the specifics of what club, who's the president, and they just fight with each other, and they separate, and they don't want to do things together because this guy's not in charge, or that woman's not in charge. And I think younger generations are just looking for a chance to be together, and they're looking for the... A lore of family. I mean, you know, Pat talks about this all the time. I think it's the, one of my favorite things you ever talk about, which is in the old days when you lived in an enclave, you you took for granted the stopover with coffee and pastry, and in the being in the building and just just exchanging pleasantries, or you know, you needed something, somebody was there, and you were surrounded by your kin, and so you took for granted that that was a normal life. And now we don't necessarily have that. Like you, Tony, saying, you know, you got to go to the club. After you get home from work, you talk with the guys, you have a coffee, you have a cigar. It normalizes your life. And as I was saying in Detroit, the one night that you and Brendan and Father Leo happened to come up by my neck of the woods in Westchester for uh, cannoli, because only Brendan would truffle dog a cannoli an hour drive. Which and, I, and, and all the Sicilians didn't invite me, but that's okay. They didn't invite me. I lived down the block. Uh, I, I, Brendan posted a picture. I said, Brendan, are you in my backyard? Said, yes, so I didn't want to bother you. Well... I got to hang out, and I got to have a cup of coffee and a cannoli and catch up. And I went back home, and I told my wife, I'm so happy. I feel like I had such a great night, even just, like, catching up for 15, 20 minutes, whatever. And you could do that in the old days when you lived a block and a half away, you know? And you can't do it now. So when we can create 
causes for togetherness. We thrive as a as a as an ethnicity in the community, in the in the tribe, in the sort of comune. You know, what's the uh, the term? Com Campanilismo. Campanilismo, right? Everything is under the bell tower. The bell tower. Yeah. Everything happens in the piazza. Yeah, yeah. You need that. You need you the do. piazza. You have, you absolutely do. Yeah. That's what he always called it before there was ever a thing called a podcast. Many many years ago, when we first started to get to know each other and become fast friends, Pat said, you know, we need a digital piazza. That's what we need. We need a place that people can do that kind of stuff in a digital way. And then hopefully this has been a great venue for it, the podcast, and then you bring it back into the real piazza. You create spaces like this. And, and literally, we're in a, a real piazza a couple hours ago at the Bocce Court. But, but you know, the, 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 the message today, in my opinion, there's two messages. Number one, Unico, Unico National, the podcast, the Culture Institute, my brother who's at the table over there who works for NIAF, who, who donated yeah, let's, the bocce balls. Those are not just any bocce balls they donated to. Those are actually Should we bring him used. on? Yeah, bring him on. Where everybody work together. I have to get, I'm going to get my brother. Does everybody out there know I have a brother? I think yes, so. Yes, they know. Of course, you always talk bad about him. Say how, how tough he is. Yeah, he's tough on me. He is tough on me. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, he's tough on you. Anthony, come here for a second. I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Pat's asking me if you're tough on him. I said you can be tough on him. Yeah, I mean, when it's necessary, which might be often sometimes. <laughs> so Anthony O'Boyle, the uh, younger brother of uh, our beloved P.O.B. is A.O.B. No, he's A.O.B. I'm A.O.B. Yeah, yeah, right. A.O.B., beloved younger brother, the beloved P.O.B., is a member of the team at the National Tan American Foundation, my alma mater. And uh, you came back here to donate not just any bocce balls for this new court, congressionally used bocce balls. Yes, these were a, a unique piece of Italian-American history. These bocce balls were used uh, for several years at the NIAF Congressional Bocce Tournament in D.C. Uh, and they were handled by, you know, some of the most prominent Italian-American politicians of the past 10, 20 years. Uh, they're, uh, they're retro, too, because they have the old NIAF logo on them. So that's why we wouldn't be able to use them at NIAF anymore. But now they'll have a good home with the Montclair State and the Coach Institute uh, bocce games. That logo is near and dear to my heart because it's the one that I helped create when I took over. And, that's right. Uh, I got a lot of grief for that. Change the logo without telling anybody. So I, I special place in my heart. I got a lot of branded stuff with that. You, uh, you, you participate in that congressional open that they have and all those things. Right? You've done a lot of work on the Hill in your yep. career. Why is it that you can go from Congress to the Coach Institute and find people interested in playing bocce? What is, what is it? Why? Because I think no matter what, whether it's somebody who's a, a member of Congress or even you know, the, the Speaker of the House, we've had Italian-American speakers, uh, some of the most powerful people, or you know, the guy in the neighborhood that works at the pizzeria or something like that, whatever it is, uh, despite the differences they might have in their, their lifestyles, their careers, wherever it is, there's still um, kind of core values and, and tendencies and, and similarities where I think if you took you know, the, the NIAF congressional group and you threw them together with the local bocce league, yeah, there's going to be some things they have completely different lifestyles, but they're still going to have a lot of things in common. Yeah. And I, I think that, uh, that would be true with, with any of those two similar sort of groups. I mean, look, you worked on the Hill. You've worked in the White House. Uh, I was down there for six years, and it's a horrible environment for any kind of bipartisanship. But I always said that people needed to take a deep breath and understand, like, I, I worked with all these members from both parties, many of whom I disagreed with 
in one way or another. Mm -hmm. But you did feel like you could relate around your ethnicity. We've done episodes. Oh, we absolutely. Did, you know, yeah. it, it's, we need more of that. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been political figures, and I'm not going to name any names, but there's people who, you know, if I lived in their district, I'd probably never vote for them. Right. But, you know, meeting them in those sort of, uh, you know, common spaces, whether it's bocce or having a meal, you're all together at some kind of an event, uh, you still find those things in common. You still have a relationship with them. So, I mean, there's, you know, uh, you know, people in those political spheres where, again, you know, you might not agree with them on a lot of different things, but you could probably still sit down and, you know, have a coffee or play bocce, and that kind of controversial air goes out of the room. Yeah. And you're all just a group of Italians having fun. I always felt that when I was, it, forget the political side of NEF, but like I used to say all the time that working there, I would fight with the, my employers on the board and we'd argue about things and we'd hug and we'd laugh. And I remember flying a red eye home one night with some board members from an event in San Francisco and talking about my, I was preparing to get engaged. And I, I had this great conversation like I was talking to uncles and aunts. And when I landed, I think a day or so later, I was recalling that conversation. I thought, you know, if I was the president of the American Heart Association, I would never have had that conversation with board members. I would have had a much different distance professionally. But when you're together with your own... It's a tribe. It's a tribe, it's yeah. It's a tribe. It's a tribe. And I think that that's what's attractive here. You know, look at all these young kids, many of whom are starting out their college career, or they might not be in classes together. But you seek out these kind of organizations and these kind of institutes because... You do feel comfortable at a base level, and you get to know people in a different way. It's a, you're, you're just more open when you feel like you have that safety, I think. I believe that. Because I think this is how, this is the mortar of the bricks and mortar of an Italian-American community. Because these kids, these kids are growing up in a much less ethnically identifiable world, right? So a kid in the Reagan years... Um, those 80s and 90s growing up, they still had an ethnic identity. What are you, right? These kids have grown up in a world where Italian America is kind of absorbed into white. Yeah. And that's now, now the perspective is, on, is a racial perspective, and the self-identity is immediately an ethnic one, right? And what's part and parcel to that also is you have these kids that they're like Heinz 57 mixes, some of them. But when they're here and they're with each other, they realize that there's a similarity of their shared common experience and the character of who they are and how they identify as a civilization. I think if you look at these kids, I mean, I wish we had Joe Manella in here, we could film them. Yeah. Because as you see them here breaking bread, these 19 and 20 year old kids, there's no doubt that the mortar and glue is the fact that they're Italian, just the way that they're eating. Yeah. The fact that they're out here eating and not getting hammered in a bar somewhere. Yeah, you're right. Sure. No, it's just, it's very much who we are. They're gathered around the table because we're gathered around the table people. And I'm sure long after John goes to bed tonight, these kids will still be hanging out. And that's, that's how, that's how they, they have a community. They just have to realize the word Italian is supposed to go in front of them. Mm. Yeah, it's very true. So now the bocce courts are there. They're open to the public. They've been renovated. These bocce sets from the halls of Congress are in the equipment shed, I suppose, right? Where do they go? They can't disclose them. They're very. Oh, they're, they're, okay, give me this, they gotta be. They're so anyway, in a safe. What's the plan for this thing? People can come and use it whenever they want in town. Yes, people in town, East Rutherford, Carlstadt, more than welcome. It's open to the public. Anyone that has a set of bocce balls can come play. Uh, my dream is that local uh, Italian programs in different school districts will incentivize their students to come and learn the sport of bocce. Maybe extra credit uh, to have a Unico-wide 
uh, tournament for all the different chapters we have. We have many chapters in North Jersey uh, to do some fundraising work out of it, have something good come out of it. Um, but just open it up to Italians and non-Italians alike. I would say most of the students that were here tonight, and Christina, you could, you could correct me if I'm wrong, most of them, this was their first time ever playing bocce. Yes, it's true. It was even my first time playing bocce, too. So even if we do, like, tutorials or learn how to play events, something like that, um, that piazza, it should go to good use. You know who's a great instructor is the notorious PLB. You'd be a great bocce instructor. I would love to have a varsity bocce team at a major American. <laughs> you would. University. You take it very seriously. It should be an Olympic sport. It should be. Was it, it's 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 it it's kind of ducked in and out of Olympics. No, I played. Come on. I, yes, it's true. You well, can back that up. Is, is, is curling? I think so. Is curling like the uh, Winter Olympics equivalent? Yeah, basically. No, it, no but, well, I guess so. But I guess Italian. I mean, I guess but do, so. do, do Italians curl though? The idea. I bet Canadian Italians do. <laughs> they probably. Do. My parents did it once when they were on a trip to Canada. They went really? Yeah, with the brooms and everything. I, I, I it looks fun. It looks like a, yeah, you're sweeping. It's very bizarre. And if you haven't seen curling, all I can say is go on YouTube and look up curling. It's a Canadian ice sport where you, somebody, one team member slings a giant granite stone down the ice, and then the other team members have to sweep the ice with the brush or like a squeegee. I don't even know what it is to give it more slide. And you, who goes? For, it's very. It's like. Shuffleboard meets shot put meets sweeping. It's a very strange, but, but you know, ESPN, Italians are good at sweeping. Yes, yeah. that's true. You get the nonas out there; they'll be curling champions. ESPN used to air in the early 2000s, the late 90s, a bocce tournament. It was huge. I think it was like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar pie. What? Where? Where yes. is it from? From Italy? I, I think it was in Vegas. A bocce tournament in Vegas. We got to find yes. that. I know it was out there because I know some of the people who collaborated on it. That's amazing. Yeah, I guess it's an attractive sport. I mean, you know, it's. I was social. good as a kid because I was fat. Fat kids make good because you got to have that weight behind you. You got. I couldn't hit home. a baseball, but I could throw. Because the idea, the idea behind bocce is really screwing over your opponents. It's the <laughs> most Italian. It's not how close I am. It's, it's how far sport. away you are. That's it's a vendetta sport. Yeah. Right? Ba baseball is the, uh, is the most, it's the, it's the emblematic American sport because you, the individual, yeah. are fighting a whole army of people. Right? Yeah. It's the individual against the world. It's a whole, but bocce is, I'm going to get ahead by knocking you out. That's so true. Right? It's a real, <laughs> so it's, true. It's, it's, a, it's a, a little glimpse into the Italian brain. That's very true. I didn't even think about that. There's a lot of technique to bocce too, though. It's not it just throwing sure. a ball. No, it is. A lot it's, of it's not just launching. You have to like, like these guys can like make the ball drop on a dime. They see, I can't do that. I'm very. Bad. It's kind of like it's it's transcendental. It's like it's meditative. You yeah. gotta go into a trance a little bit. When you play bocce, you can't be nobody else. It's you, the ball, and the universe, and that's it. It's an interesting sport. I mean, I have great memories of it. I play with my grandparents, stuff like that. And I used to play in the Villa Roma. That's how I was good as a kid. Oh, that's awesome. When you go to an Italian resort in the Catskills, children play bocce. That's that's. Talk that's about what moving happens. while we wait for the studio, doing more stuff on location. That is We're a, never going to get this all-time dream of mine. No, I, we break ground. The studio, ground. the studio, we the rabbit. We break ground on September 25th, day after the feast. I never, this is news to me. Yeah, I just found out. All our permits are pulled. Everything's ready. The designs are there. You've seen the designs. The audience obviously hasn't, but... I can assure you it is going to be Disney World for Italian America, and uh, I can officially announce that we will put up uh, paper in the windows and break ground on September 25th. And I don't want to go ahead of myself and 
reveal when they say it'll be open. Yeah, exactly. Now you open because your mouth. Forget about it. I know. That'd be my look. You're coming I know. from so, all five thousand. Yeah, come on, come on. But uh, I can't say we're going to break ground. It's a real, I'm really excited about that because the feast starts in a couple of days. True. The Word. feast starts, I think, the day we air this on Thursday. Wow. Yeah. So San Gennaro's here, and we're going to be. Wow, uh, another year. I know. Isn't it amazing? I know. It's a great time of the year, September, October. It's a very... Uh, Wine-making season. Yeah, people doing tomatoes. Tomato, jarring tomatoes kind of eases into wine-making. Yeah. Then Heritage Month comes in October. The Feast, obviously, sent I said our Jack own. Patron, one of our listeners, is an expert homemade winemaker. we got a lot of listeners. We, we, we have a lot of listeners on winemaker. I want to do a... Well, we keep saying... I would like to do a, a homemade wine tutorial. Yeah. It's hard. It's a lot of finesse. I mean, you could have the yes. things blow up and, yes. you know. But the best Italian homemade wine is the one that tastes like vinegar. Yeah. That you have a ne- relative or a neighbor that gifts you. Yeah. And thinks you, they're giving you gold and telling you how good it is. <laughs> and they make you drink it in front of them. It's yeah. like turpentine. <laughs> it's like, what's the stuff they clean off the, the nail polish with? Yeah, nail polish Acet- remover. Acet- Acet- Acetate. 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 Oh, this Acetate. is great. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. How, do, how do we know that? How do we know that? I think I had to buy it my wife. We should ask the girls that question. What's the, it called? The, the stuff you take your, your nail polish off with. Acetone. Acetone. Grazie. All right, bravo. Acetone. But a lot of people make wine that tastes like acid. But to me, that's some people make fantastic homemade wine, absolutely outstanding homemade wine. But the most enjoyment is the laughs, especially there's some Italian people that there's like bugs flying around. Yes. And our fetch is still on, our, on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> but that makes great vinegar. If you have the mother at home, it makes great vinegar. That's very true. Be the best and some salad. people the make fantastic. Yeah, the good, people who vinegar. are the proudest of their wine are the ones who usually make the worst. I was told the like, humble people, the ones who go, oh, I don't know if it's a good amount. They make like I make it the best. <laughs> My wine is the best. Carlo Rossi, call me. He want to know what I make, how I make. It comes in a juicy juice then bottle. You, no, the. Should I not name names? No, you, uh, you have wine. Name no, people's no, names? I was gonna name. I know a, a, an Italian winemaker that makes wine with their family, but refuses to let the siblings in the family know what varietal that they make the wine in. Of course. So he, ha- this is brothers and this is coming out of the same womb. <laughs> okay, they all journeyed out the same birth canal. He has the grapes delivered when they are not there, <laughs> and tells them so that they don't know the secret sauce. That's they make so it together, yes. <laughs> That's who we come from. That is true. People take very seriously their proprietary mixes and things like that. Sure, I mean, there's only so many combos. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know. What it's it, like a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. I mean, once you get the, the hang of it, you can kind of make it, figure it out. But some of them act like they got this special, yeah. oh, nobody know, I use the Zinfandela the Like they're best. getting a, a, a Rothschild best. wine out of Rothschild it. Rothschild is the best. <laughs> I John was, F., you pay a lot of money for wine, but not like my wine. This is the best. My father-in-law, because he was a doctor in an Italian neighborhood, still gets tons of homemade wine. We have all, it's, a, it's a cellar full in his house. But I was told once by a guy that I knew that they fortified their wine in Italy by taking the Damijan, one of them, sticking, a, I think, a copper pipe in it and letting it freeze during the winter, like ice freeze around the pipe or something, but the alcohol won't freeze. So the water would freeze around the pipe, and then they would turn it over and drain out what was left, which was like pure alcohol, and then fortify their other Damijans with that. I, I don't know if that's actually true, if he made it up. It's well, the beauty of our, of our people is there's a lot of whacked-out stories. That's very true. Whacked-out recipes. That's why I say, like, how many people, uh, miracle stories, 
They have not died from botulism. That's very true. Yeah, yeah don't worry. I know, I know boiler no thing. I know sanitize. <laughs> what do you mean sanitize? I clean it before, I clean it nice. <laughs> My wife will buy donut, cause it's a bigger container I wash. Yeah, they probably bleach this. What do you mean? Uh, in Italy, I never hear anybody die. Or, <laughs> what do you call that thing? It's a bunch of reasons, but never mind. Doesn't happen Never buy it, because I make it the best. So true. If you think about the basements we made all that stuff in, I, I, you get a little skeeved out when you think about it. But we all lived, we're all here, so can't complain. No, I mean, some of them... For the Norwegians, all six of them. I think we have six Norwegians now. We've done a head count. We do have a couple of them, yeah. We do have a couple of them who listen to this. 99.99% of Italians are immaculately clean. Yes. You could eat off of their floor. Yes. And 99, no, I mean, not but 90% of Italians make outstanding homemade wine. But the fun comes with the ones who don't. And who aren't clean. And who aren't clean. That's going to be, that. I call those, they're going to be caboose episodes. <laughs> You know what I mean by caboose? When we're ready to wrap it in one day. Now nah, we're going to drop it the bomb. I know a story about a whole mother. Forget a bomb. You, you'll know when the Why? show's coming to a natural hey. close and we start talking about people. I always say now, we're, you know, we're doing these shows live and I'm cutting, but I mean that is live to tape. Like, we're not going to cut this unless, uh, you know, a phone rings or something. We're not going to cut anything out. This is just our conversation. That's not what you told me. When I, we talk about people, that's getting edited, No, no, right? but, exactly. But for... If we slip into yeah, we, people we don't that like. we have yeah, to cut sure. it. We we can't we can't leave the editing room completely empty because that's that's too important. You don't want to upset people. But you talk about botulism. I have in my car a beautiful frozen homemade sausage from our friend Ralphie Tolly, the master butcher. That's a Sandu Mangese sausage. It's a very special sausage. I asked for it, and uh, his son Joey brought it to me frozen. So I got to get home so that can go in the freezer, so I don't give myself botulism on Sunday when I use it to make my sauce. So. I am very happy that we have you guys here. It means a lot. This has been a lot of fun. Congratulations. We are the world. <laughs> we are the children. This is why you're a great professor. You, no, you, you derive enthusiasm yes, from them. Yes, we got it. We, this, is, this is the revolution. Yeah. We come from a community that's at each other's throats. If this was a lot of adult Italian-American leadership, they'd be like, well, my name wasn't first, yeah. and why did he speak before me, and he spoke for three minutes, and she spoke for two and I've been, I have this title and that title, and I hope that goes with these kids, Me too. right? Because this is what it's all about, yeah. the future. We're not, yep. This is not a podcast about the past. I am not, I told you from the beginning, I did not want to be a nostalgia podcast. I remember, I'm not here for that. It's nice to sprinkle it, but we're here for the next generation. And the best part of this is that they all cooperated. Yeah. We had Unikins, we had Culture, we had NIAF. We had all these kids in here, the Italian Apostle, the Archdiocese of Newark. There's so many different hats here. And they all came together. They did physical labor. They demolitioned the bocce court. They showed the municipality that they were interested. The municipality came in, poured the money, and they are beautiful bocce courts. And all these kids came back, and, and they have a community. And they, they're playing bocce, and they're eating pizza. And what more could you ask for in life? And we even brought Father Barone from the Italian Apostolate of the Archdiocese of Newark to bless the bocce boys. He's like the chaplain of our friends group. Yeah, he is. Oh. And he's a lot of fun. Yeah. He's a, he's a dapper. He's a dapper priest. Always Father well dapper, dressed. Wears right? a cassock very Big, nice well. nice straw Saturno on today. How many priests in this day and age Does play a man bocce who knows how, with how cufflinks, a gold pocket watch, <laughs> a cassock, and a Saturno? That's a, that's yeah. a big combo. <laughs> and he could not find a blessing of bocce balls in the Roman ritual. 
<laughs> so I got the blessing of all things. Uh, and Father, by the way, is a loyal listener to the show. Thank you, he Father. We appreciate listener. it. As soon as the episodes come out, I'm... You do it. And you send comments. I appreciate that. You I let do. us know how you, how you think. And do I love this stuff? I completely agree. And as Tony pointed out so well, all that work, all that cooperation to a gateway tradition that is going to be enticing, not just for them to come back, but for future generations. And that's what it's all about. So you guys And it, it, the call to action, there are, if you're a young Gen Zer, because even the millennials are not getting old, we won't bring that conversation up. But if you're out there and you're on your backside doing nothing, do something. Yeah. If this means enough to you that you're going to listen to us, yeah. there, is no, there are Louis Nicastros all over the world. I say you're the Che Guevara of the Italian people, right? I'm honored. You're honored. And I, I Che Guevara was a horrible guy, and he killed a lot of people. And, that's, and, and, and I know Louis half Cuban, so that's not a, <laughs> that's not a compliment. Che, and he was Irish. You know, Che Guevara was Irish. What? The grandmother was Irish, yeah. That, that, explains, that explains it all. A lot. But um, you're a leader. You're an absolute leader. Right. And Danielle, you. you're a leader. And Christina, you're a leader. And even brother... Yeah. is a leader, and you are the next generation. You're all under 40, and you made it happen. And if you're a young person out there, be like them. Yep, that's right. Be so like, we're going to make T-shirts. Be like Louis. We're gonna, you can't <laughs> see Louis. Louis's got a beard. We're going to have a Be Like Louis T-shirt. Like the Chicken Be like Louis. Yeah. Yeah. And jo- <laughs> Louis went to municipality. He goes, I want to save the bocce court. He saved the bocce court. So wherever you, you live do. in Pennsylvania, Nebraska, or Massachusetts, whatever your bocce court is, whatever your Italian tradition is, if it means something to you, grandpa used to take you here, grandma used to go there, go out there, do it. Yep. There's, there's no one stopping you. Success is going to be the... Yep, and success is going to be the fertilizer for new growth, for can, sure. Can I extend a thank you to my fellow Unicans? I couldn't do it alone. It was all my members of Elmwood Park Unico. Go that out, shout out time. All of them, all my members of Elmwood Park Unico that came and put in the labor. Paul DeRosa from the DPW and Jay Bolger from the city council here in, in Borough Council in East Rutherford. Tremendous help. And uh, if you want to see what it looks like before and after, follow us on Instagram at Elmwood Park Unico, all one word. Uh, and you can see, scroll back, you'll find the old photos. And we'll probably do a before and after from today post as well. And I, why don't we have a, we should have a bocce tournament. That's the plan. I'm looking maybe end of fall, first week in November. If the Italian American podcast sponsor, could we put Pat on the trophy? Like the little guy, just make it Pat. Can I be in a toga? Like <laughs> yeah. a Roman Caesar yeah. with a laurel the ball. Yeah, I would love that. I got a baleen. A baleen in one hand and a ball. If you're out there and you're a sculptor, We're let us know. We're sick people. This is sick. I know. Yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun. We're going to go have some pizza. Thank you guys for what you did. You did a great job for not just this community, but our community in general. And thank the rest of you guys for being on here. It's always good to get together. You didn't tell me to bring my gazoo. No, shocks. I could have. Go back to the old days. You want dun 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 Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next week. If you want your life to be great. You're born in Italiano and your life will be great. See that you're born in Italiano.